through this damn year crazy craziness what's going on everybody make sure you smash that like thumbs up make sure you subscribe to the channel and of course uh, hit that notification bell so you know what i'm doing on this crap and then um yeah if you want to join become a member do all that we do a members only stream once a week which is tomorrow and of course you get the uh the links all the sock meds and the patreon if you want to help out that pirate ship down below what is going on everybody who's out there let's see all right Start from the beginning. It looks like a party out there. What's going on, Mr. Field, uh, Fear Jason? Hello there. What's going on, uh, Eric? Good to see you. Uh, how's it going, Steph? Nice uh, new pick. Looking party. Looking party. We got Mr. Ryan right here. Good to see you. Yeah, sure. Let's see. Uh, okay. Well, that was retracted. Hoy, hoy, Mr. Jason McKenzie. Always good to see you, brother. Taco Tuesday. Like, which? Yes, it's blistering. It really is. Terrible. Yeah. What's going on there, Jose? Happy Tuesday. Now, anybody eating tacos? I had tacos last Tuesday. I made them. I made some al pastor tacos, man. It was delicious. Hey, we got Miss uh, Captain Gator Girl here. Good to see ya. Good to see ya. Let's see. Wow, we got Mama Film Junkie here. Hello, Mom. Always good to see ya. Tony, Chappy, D9, Dino, Glom, Camille, Glom, Glom, Campan, sorry, please, can't even read right now. Uh, Matchstick Men, yes, that is very underrated, very underrated. Anybody who hasn't seen Matchstick Men, Tony Scott, Nicholas Cage, that's all you need. It's great. What's going on, Katie McRae? Hey, Christina. I could see Thomas actually dancing right now. I can visualize that. Totally can see that, and I'm sure he's, uh, you know, he's busting out those, uh, those great moves, and hopefully everything's doing good. I, I love your profile pic as well. Hopefully the, the little bun in the oven is uh, cooking nicely. You're going to have to tell me when you figure out a name for that little guy. All right, let's see what else. Who else we got? Anybody else that's, you know, everybody's just kind of saying hi to each other. Whoa, whoa. Of course, there's a nice little jump when it comes to this. Stash, that's right. Oh, you're from you're you're in Hawaii right now. Well, that's cool. Well, hi to Hawaii, Christina. Good to see you. Say hi to Thomas for me too, of course. Hey, what's going on, Jesse? Good to see you. All right, we got Nate Smith here. We got Legend also. We got hey, we got Rhea right here. Yeah, happy Ruby Tuesday and saying hi to everybody right there. Rhea always being, you know, saying hi. To, make sure to say hi to everyone. So that's always good. All right, we're all having a good time here. Cool. All right, guys. Yes, we're going to talk about some Top Gun. Sorry I'm late. You know, work kind of, you know, work today just kind of like uh, fried my brain a little bit. And then uh, then I was trying to figure out exactly what to talk about, what the main topic was going to be about. And uh, yeah, so I was a little late. And then when I finally figured out everything, I went, all right, let me give myself a 15 minute window so I can, you know, so I can shower, get all pretty and stuff, you know. Uh, so. That's what I did. So that's why I'm a little bit late, so I apologize for that. But, hey, we're still going to have a good time. Yeah, we're going to talk about some Top Gun Maverick because, you know, we can't stop talking about this movie. This movie's such a phenomenon. 
you know, and I told, you know, you guys, of course, I made the, uh, you know, did the little sketch before the show last night because I said I was going to grow out the stash, the goose stash or the roo stash, whichever you want to call it, you know, to make it cross a billion. And I kept it, of course, obviously still in my face. Not fake. Yeah, not fake. Not yet. Um, but, you know, I'm going to keep it on my face until like at least the box office run. We'll see how long it goes. We'll see how long it goes. And uh, then we're going to talk about that Harley Quinn trailer that came out for season three, which is great. And we're going to talk about some Obi-Wan Kenobi, what it originally was supposed to be. And then, of course, Ghostbusters Afterlife sequel. We got a date. We got a date. And I'm going to, of course, talk a little bit of what I want to see when it comes to Ghostbusters, the new Ghostbusters movie. So anyways, all right, let's get to it. That all turned off everything. Let's turn that off. All right. All right. Let's get to. Oh, yeah, I should have got that ready. I didn't get it fully ready. Hold on. Give me one second here. Boop, 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 boop. Oh, man. We got some interesting tweets. <laughs> we got some interesting, interesting tweets. But, you know, hey, it's all good. Definitely some interesting tweets. All right. Here we go. We're going to start off with a bang. We're going to start off pretty colorful right here. <laughs> Holy Lord. <laughs> There it is. There it is. Look at all this right here. My God. <laughs> uh, yes, we keep on getting set images from the Barbie movie. And look at this. Look at these two. Um, these two. <laughs> it's just so crazy. It's just so crazy. But I love it. You love to see it. You love it. I mean, there's just something that's going to be very interesting about this movie and the fact that these two are like here. But I, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you right now, I'm telling you right now that 2023, I expect couples to be dressed like this for Halloween. This is going to be huge when it comes to Halloween next year. Yes. And um, you perverts out there, I know what you guys are looking at. You're looking at the girl behind all this who has a, uh, a bikini that is very much um, a similar tone, skin tone, to her. I got a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, responses from this tweet that were pointing out that this girl back here very much looked like she was naked. But, you know, that's just because you guys are perverts. That's it. That's all. You're all perverts. It's fine. We're all perverts in our own little way. It's fine. But, uh, yeah, a lot of people were pointing out that. But, yeah. But I'm sitting here going... They look ridiculous, but they look at fantastic, too. I don't know. I can't. I just it's so crazy. It's so crazy. Uh -huh. Yeah, I mean, why not? Why not? Yes, exactly. Let's, you know, <laughs> I mean, let's get physical, physical. I mean, that's what it kind of reminds you of, right? That 80s little stuff like that. But it's pretty ridiculous and it's great. There's also video that's going around, too, of these two. And uh, yeah, we're just we just keep getting more and more from this Barbie movie. Um, there's a chance that I think there's uh, it's kind of been revealed. I don't know. Somebody sent me something of the synopsis for the Barbie movie, and I'm not sure if it's legit, but uh, that's why I'm not going to talk about it quite yet. I'll talk probably talk about it tomorrow if it ends up being fully legit about the uh, the plot of this movie. So but yeah, there they are. There they are. Gorgeous. Just so gorgeous. Hey, what else is gorgeous, too? Look at this. Okay? On the set of Rebel Moon. They are having fun on the set of Rebel Moon. Somebody made this poster. Somebody made the poster for feeling very Zactivated. That's right. 
Now, this poster has been around. This poster, I mean, there's always been the hashtag Zactivated or Zactivation, something like that, you know, when it comes to, of course, Zack Snyder. And uh, apparently somebody made the poster and hung it up on somewhere, somewhere around the set. And, of course, uh, Miss Sophia Batella, her uh, Instagram account, which I think it's her Instagram, but it might be a fan account. We still don't really know what, what exactly is going on with all that. But, uh, yeah, apparently they hung up this poster right here which is absolutely fantastic because i mean that just shows you just shows you right there when it comes to zach snyder when it comes to zach snyder i mean he is really he's he's such a brand now and everybody when you hear the name and you and you uh have like these hashtags and all this stuff it's just all pretty damn fantastic it's right it's activated baby Zactivated cannot wait for rebel moon just so much yeah i can't imagine that first trailer that first trailer is going to bring down the internet and there, there's the poster right here, full on, that somebody created. It was actually created by Change Machine. And, uh, yeah, man, look at that. Absolutely beautiful. Zactivated right there because, obviously, I mean, this shot is some – this is him directing right here, by the way. I mean, obviously, the man – I've even said this before, and I think I when I even interviewed his lovely wife, Deb, Deb, Debbie Snyder, I even said, I was like, if I could have one-sixteenth of – the energy that this man has, I would get so much more done, okay? And mind you, the guy's 20 years, almost 20 years older than me, and the guy has so much energy, and I'm like, God damn it, man. If I just had just one-sixteenth of that energy that he has, when you see him directing, it's like, holy shit. So I love the fact that somebody actually made that poster and put it out there. So freaking fantastic. They need to sell those posters, man. And then speaking of posters, we're back, witches. Hocus Pocus 2, that's right. We have the official poster and the trailer showed up this morning. I don't really care because I wasn't really a big fan of this. I get it. It's, uh, there's, a, you know, something iconic, and I know a lot of people like Hocus Pocus. I just wasn't one of those that was found it a big deal. I've seen it. I saw, well, I saw it a long time ago when it first came out. But, you know, it just never really struck a chord with me when it came to this. But I know people are excited for it, and all three of them are, you know, returned for their roles, which is cool. I understand that people are excited for it, but yeah, I'm just like, uh, I don't know. I just, I, it just was never my thing when it came to that. So what can you do? That's just that. That's just that. It's fine. I'm sure I know people are excited for it. So, and then, Hey, I don't know if you guys caught this, but, um, flash, uh, film news. Remember with the, uh, the whole, the whole variant cover for, for the prequel comic, that showed a half-naked Barry Allen trying to get his suit on. Apparently, you know, obviously we know that Andy Muschietti, the director, he uh, he designed, he drew, helped draw the uh, the variant cover. Apparently, he snuck in. I didn't I didn't notice it, but they pointed out right here that yeah, there was a little it Easter egg right there. So that was pretty cool. A little balloon right there. Look at that. This is it, and it says this is it right there. So yeah. Sneak it in, in, sneak it in, and then look at that. I mean, who's not digging this? Who's not digging this outfit? Come on, how do you not? She looks gorgeous, gorgeous. You look good, gorgeous. You're looking gorgeous. The hair, everything. Come on, again. Let's get physical, physical. I mean, you can't just, you can't, you can't, you can't hate that. You can't hate that outfit, right? I mean, it's Margot Robbie in, in spandex, guys. Colorful, neon spandex you can't hate it you can't it can't hate it of course we'll talk about that we'll talk about that i thought this was funny right here <laughs> ray 
Ray Spangler. Huh? Yeah. That's a funny joke. I like it. I dig it. Uh, just like I dig this uh, poster right here that somebody made, this horror Terror Tuesday horror family costume right here. Look at all the various classics that are on the wall right there. And I love the fact that he, uh, he has a chainsaw over his hand. Uh, we all know where that's from, right? Um, so, yeah. And then, of course, watching The Thing, which is one of the best. The Thing, 40 years. Who wants to get this Eminem tattoo? Anybody? Hey, this is a creative Eminem tattoo right here. Come on. That is creative as shit. I'm sure, like, the tattoo artist laughed his ass off when uh, he was given the idea. But, hey, there's nothing wrong with this <laughs> tattoo right here. That's an Eminem tattoo to the fullest. And it's a blue Eminem. That's right. That's ridiculous. It's so ridiculous, but I love it. We have a new poster for Nope. Nope, which looks pretty cool. It's like it's like a little stitched on bedazzled little uh, thing right there, which is pretty cool. I like it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Here's a beautiful shot from Breaking Bad. You guys that episode? Yeah, that episode. Really good. Like it. And then we have this. What the fuck is this? <sighs> what is this? This is from Gotham Knights. That's right. That is the man who's playing Bruce Wayne. David Miller. That's who that is for CW's Gotham Knights. And remember, they decided to use a similar cowl to the Batman, to Battenson. Similar. It's very similar. But it looks very plasticky. Not sure what's happening here. But, yeah, he decided to take a selfie and, uh, you know, good on him. You know, we got another actor who's playing a Bruce Wayne or whatever the hell, but... We already saw the trailer. It looks uh, pretty awful, and um, not sure what's happening here. But that that cow looks looks it looks like plastic. Like is he wearing plastic? Flat out plastic. That's what that looks like. I mean, there's nothing that 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 looks like any other material. It looks like flat out cheap plastic that you would get at Toys R Us or something. I mean, that's what that looks like. I mean. I, yeah, I don't know what they're thinking. I don't know why this series is still happening, I guess because they already poured a bunch of money into it, so why not just have it? But my God, man, it's so bad. It's so bad. Yeah, not my Bruce Wayne. <laughs> it's so bad. So bad. And then, hey, we got some, um, we got some uh, set video right here from Puerto Rico right here. Of Mr. Uh, Mariduana, Mr. Blue Beetle himself, right here doing some uh, some stunt work, some wire work right here. So he's gonna do a little flippy, flippy, floppy right here. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Look at that! Jeez, that looks a little crazy. So yeah, some Blue Beetle action happening right there. That's pretty cool. And then I know some people are kind of wondering about this. I mean, this is—I don't know if this is really shocking, but hey. Bob Chapik, Chapik, if I'm saying his name right, he uh, secures a new long-term contract. That's right, the CEO for Disney. The company's board of directors announced the new three-year contract extension Tuesday, saying the decision was anonymous. So apparently Disney is liking Mr. Bob right here, Chapek, Chapek. The CEO, who took over from the well-liked Bob Iger, just a month before the novel coronavirus pandemic disrupted the world, has agreed to a new long-term contract to continue leading the entertainment giant. 
Disney's board of directors announced the new three-year deal contract extension Tuesday, saying the decision was anonymous. The new contract begins on July 1st and runs into 2025. The board had previously said that Chapek and his leadership team have the support and confidence of the board in the wake of Chapek's, if I say his name right, probably not, uh, decision to oust General Entertainment Chief Peter Rice. Remember when that happened? And some people were wondering, is Peter Rice going to come over to Warner Brothers Discovery and try to clean up some of the mess there? Don't think that's happening, but hey, you never know. And elevates Dana Walden to the top content role. So Disney uh, was dealt a tough hand by the pandemic. Yet with Bob at the helm, our business from parks to streaming not only weathered the storm, but emerged in a position of strength, said Susan Arnold, chairman of the board. So they're liking Mr. Bob right here. And apparently what I've uh, been told, too, is the fact that, yeah, he's kind of trying to keep everything in line when it comes to everything, you know, decisions made and whatnot. And it's like, yeah, you know, let's make a little bit more, you know, better decisions when it comes to that Star Wars universe. Hey, am I right? Oh, okay. So there you go. At least they got their shit together, right? Right. So keep, keep on going, Bob. Keep on going. Hey, look at this gorgeousness right here. Miss Natalie Portman from Variety wearing a crazy, I don't know what is happening with this dress right here. Um, who knows? I don't know. It's looking pretty uh, crazy and futuristic, alien-like. Interesting, but looking gorgeous. And then, guys, look at this. Miss uh, Jelaine, Jizzlane, Jizzy Lane. I don't know what, I don't know. Nobody really knows how to say her first name, but Miss Maxwell, of course, um, the wife, I guess, the wife, right? She was the wife of uh, Jeffrey Epstein. She got 20 years. Breaking news. Was sentenced 20 years for conspiring with Jeffrey Epstein to recruit and, sex, uh, and sexually abuse underage girls. That's right, only 20 years. You know the reason why it's not a life sentence? Because she's not going to last 20 days. You better believe that we're going to find out that she suicide, she committed suicide in jail. We already know that this is going to happen. All right. Why? Because she has names. She has names of the people, the individuals that visited the island. So, yeah, she, I guarantee you, and I, that's why I tweeted that. I said, how long you think she will last? Probably not too long. I'm guessing not too long at all. What's going on, Meg and Joey? Good to see you. Um, but yeah, I don't think uh, I don't see her lasting too much too long. You know, we, we we've heard this one before. We've seen it. Guarantee you she's not going to last too long because she has names. She has names of people that don't, uh, you know, don't want those names out there. She should start singing like a motherfucker. But I, I don't see her lasting. We're going to find out. We're going to find out in probably a couple few months that, oh, yeah, yeah, she killed herself. In the, yeah, bullshit. That's what's going to be happening. The judge locked up the records. Of course. Of course. It's just the way it is. It's ridiculous. It needs to drop the names, but it ain't going to happen. God damn it. So ridiculous. Alex uh, Ross posting this Superman cover that he had, which is pretty awesome. Got to like that. And then speaking of uh, Rebel Moon and Sophia Batella, we have, of course, um, her doing some more training. There she is right there. Then, of course, showing her flexibility as she does. 
with those, uh, you know, I, I love the fact that there's uh, dumbbells that have the Stone Quarry logo on it. That's so cool right there. But, uh, yeah, she's keeping in shape. Keeping in shape right there. And then we got um, we got a new movie that's coming from the, the Russo brothers for Netflix called The Electric State. That's going to be starring Millie Bobby Brown. A sci-fi movie directed by, of course, the Russo brothers starring Millie Bobby Brown is coming your way. Set in a retro, futuristic past, an orphan teen trans, tra traverses the American West with a robot and an, an eccentric drifter in search for her younger brother. Sounds interesting. Not too bad. I like the fact that it says a retro futuristic past. So, so that means it's not going to be set in the future, but it's going to be like that retro kind of future that we kind of maybe saw in like the 50s and 60s. That's what I'm guessing, you know, like a world of tomorrow kind of thing. You know, remember that? Remember that uh, Captain What the Hell, Jude Law, Gwyneth Paltrow, uh, Angelina Jolie. Remember that movie? That movie bombed like a motherfucker, but that movie was actually very well done if you actually watch it when it has like that retro future. So I'm kind of wondering if they're going to go with like that kind of style. Should be interesting. And then uh, let's all appreciate Andy Serkis on the set of uh, the Batman right here in Wayne Tower. Beautiful picture right there. And then uh, speaking of Sholo Mighty Duanya, we got him saying he wants a print of this poster right here, which we talked about yesterday when it came to uh, Comic-Con and what DC is going to be bringing to Comic-Con right there. So that's cool. And then this is beautiful right here. Again, um, when it comes to the boys, they don't miss, especially when it comes to the deep. The deep. The deep. I love the fact that they have him eat sushi when, uh, you know, he very much loves his good friends. It's ridiculous. <laughs> so ridiculous. God damn it. The boys just nail it. They nail it all the time. They freaking nail it. Got to freaking love it, man. Just got to love it. The boys always. Yeah, that's right. Uh, hey, ACS is here, too. <laughs> Nighthawk, uh, going to have to introduce you to that. It's the boys. It's the boys. It's absolutely fantastic. Anyways, okay. Let's talk about the main topic here, which, of course, is Top Gun Maverick. And I don't know. Obviously, this movie just took the world by storm. And if you actually look at the uh, the box office and what it's uh, done when it comes to the box office, just looking at all the weeks, like I have it pulled up right here. I won't share the screen because it's just box office uh, mojo. And uh, obviously, it opened up strongly. Obviously, you know, it uh, Memorial Day weekend, which was perfect for it. 160, of course, domestically, and uh, it's just been pretty crazy. It's just been pretty crazy when it comes to that because they had the th that's the three-day weekend total right there. But if you look at the box office drop of each weekend leading to, I guess you could say now, I mean, obviously, when it came to the first box office, it was a 28.9% drop, and then following weekend, it was a 42.4% drop, which was the biggest drop that it has so far because then when it went to the the next weekend, which is the June 17th to 19th weekend, 13.9. And then from that weekend to the past weekend, 33.7.
So it's been having such a small box office drop. And I wanted to, you know, I just wanted to ask the question, why? Why is it that in this crazy fucking stupid world that that where everybody is on one side or the other and everything's either political or it's got an agenda or all this stuff when it comes to these big movies, why did Top Gun Maverick just work so well for everybody? Because it just was a fucking movie. It was a movie. It was a movie that didn't have any undertones of politicalness or anything like that. Nobody claimed woke, which I, you know, you get tired of hearing when people claim that there's a woke agenda. Nobody claimed that when it came to that side of everything. I mean, look what happened the light year when obviously when uh, they had the uh, same sex kiss that happened in light year, which it was very brief and it was barely, it was nothing. I still enjoyed the movie, but of course it created a whole hoopla. And that was part of the reason why, that maybe that's not doing so well. But when it came to Top Gun, first off, it was supposed to come out two years ago. So there was a lot of buildup when it came to this movie. I mean, first off, Top Gun is iconic. You hear the theme, you hear everything. It is crazy. I mean, you really, you hear that thing. Makes me want to rub my mustache. All right, can't, can't play too much of that. Copyright. All right, so, but anyways. Everybody knows that everybody was like wondering what this movie was going to be. But did anybody think it was going to be this huge? I did not think it was going to be this huge. I thought it was going to do enough and be like, all right, yeah, it's going to be pretty pleasant. But I don't think a lot of people really, I mean, maybe people, obviously people probably did. And Tom Cruise definitely did because he was like, nope, nope, it's not going on streaming. You got to see this in the movie theater. And Everybody's just flocking to it because it's reaching the general audience that these big, huge other movies. What's I mean, obviously, the biggest movies that are out there right now are your your, you know, your superhero movies, your CBMs, your Star Wars. That's mainly it. Another reason why this movie is pleasing the shit out of everybody and why everybody's going to it, because it actually feels real. It feels real. Right. It feels real. If this movie was just like, all right, let's just go on a soundstage green screens, visual effects everywhere. I don't think it would have the impact that it does. But Tom Cruise, smart motherfucker that he is, even though, you know, his religion choices are a little wonky. But yeah, he realized he's like, no, we got to have a real experience here. Okay. What's lacking in cinema right now is like a lot of realism. Okay. Another movie that kind of tapped into this too, when you actually think about it, that made a billion dollars and was R rated. Think about the Joker movie. Okay. Think about how real that felt. I mean, it was dark. Yes, very dark. But did it, it wasn't a movie. It was a, it was an actual CBM that didn't, yes, it had VFX, but you didn't really notice it because the VFX were just trying to create the environment. It wasn't like, you know, monsters and, you know, craziness that were happening. But that's the thing. It's like, I think when it comes to all the movies that are out there with your Jurassic Parks and all your CBMs and everything like that, it's like, everything is like just massive VFX, VFX everywhere. Top Gun Maverick was fucked. It just felt real. You felt the G-forces when you saw those scenes. You were like, you know, your your goddamn eyeballs fell down to your regular balls. Yeah, I said it like that. I don't know why, but I did. And not to mention I grew my mustache. That's also a reason why this made a billion dollars. I'm just, it's the power of the stash. Two. No. But, yeah, I think that's just, when it comes to this movie, why is it just bringing audiences out there. It's just because everybody, like when it came to a general audience, I remember just watching it that night and it was a whole different kind of audience that was there. It's just everybody. There's young people, old people, just everything. It's just, 
It's just reaching out to there because, because um, obviously, like I said, it's iconic and everything like that. But it's just, it felt real. And then when it comes to a movie that's a sequel that's after, like, you know, three decades. I mean, we've seen this before when, like, they do, like, especially when it comes to comedies. One movie that I'm thinking about right now is Dumb and Dumber. Obviously, that was iconic when it came out. And then, like, what, 20, 25 years later, they try to do a sequel. And it was great to, of course, see the two back together again. But that movie was dog shit. It was horrible. I don't like watching it. I love the original, one of my all-time favorite comedies. But the sequel was horrible because they were just trying to do a cash grab. Just try to do a cash grab and like, yeah, it's going to no. obviously every movie is a cash grab. And Top Gun Maverick definitely was like, hey, we got to do this cash grab. But Tom Cruise wanted to give you a, an experience. Joseph Krasinski Kaczynski wanted to give you an experience. They all wanted to give you an experience that felt real. And that's what's lacking when it comes to a lot of these movies nowadays is it's just lacking that. I don't know that real. I mean, they all the callbacks work. They didn't overdo it. See, I walked out of the movie kind of going like, man, it would have been kind of cool if there was a scene in Top Gun Maverick, if Maverick, you know, saw Goose and they had a conversation kind of like uh, in BVS when Clark was up on the mountain and he sees his dad and he has a conversation. But that probably wouldn't have worked. That would have been probably too much. That would have been a step too far. That's why I don't make movies. OK, that's why I'm not that smart. So I was just kind of like going like, all right. Yeah. So I'm just kind of like when, I, when when you think about why this is just bringing everybody out there and why it continues to go, go and go. And I would not be surprised if it ends up being number one again. Is anybody even going to go see that Minions prequel that's coming out this weekend? No. I mean, maybe. I mean, obviously, it's summer and you got kids. Maybe it'll ma make number one. But I guarantee you Top Gun Maverick is going to be number two. God knows how long this movie's going to go. I don't know. It's crazy. But. But then it also I you know, I asked you guys, too, on um, on YouTube. Should there be a, a sequel? Should there be a sequel to Top Gun Maverick? Should they continue the franchise? And I asked that. And right now and as of right now, 424 votes on YouTube. I asked, should there be another Top Gun? Seventy percent said no. Thirty five percent or 30%, obviously, my math. That's why my brother's the math teacher and I do this. That's why, um, you know, 30% said no. So what do you guys think? Should there be another one? Joey said he felt it in his cockpit. That just shows you right there. But should there be another, should there be a sequel? Should they continue on? Or is it, is it going to lose what this gave us? Is it going to lose, like, that mojo that this has? If they do another sequel, and it's kind of interesting because I was wondering, after, after this movie crossed a billion dollars, I was wondering, are they going to announce a sequel? What are we thinking here? No? No, don't make a sequel. Some people are saying, why not? I'm sorry. Don't mean to upset. I miss Okay, that's not. What the fuck? There's somebody named Jesse's Backdoor. That's weird. Um, yeah. They don't call him. Yeah, you guys are crazy. <sighs> if the script is right, but what do you do? Because part of the lure of this was the callbacks. How many more callbacks can you do to one movie? See, that's the thing. When it comes to like a Jurassic World or a Star Wars, callbacks are, there's so many fucking callbacks, it doesn't seem like they know what the fuck to do. Because Rise of Skywalker and Jurassic World really suffered to try to 
condense everything and wrap up everything, you know, tie the loose ends in one last movie. And it, to me, it's just, fuck, they, they didn't do it right. They just, it, there's too much. There's too much happening. When it comes to a movie like this, there was one movie, one iconic movie. So I just don't know. Do they make it a full-on trilogy? I mean, I guess they could bring, try to bring back Kelly McGinnis back. I don't know. Do they have a goose little conversation like he's talking to the ghost of goose? I don't know. I mean, I guess, again, Tom Cruise is a smart man. He is a smart man. So maybe if something is just right, it could be pulled off. But I just don't know. Like the fact that it crossed a billion and I was I was sitting there waiting for it. I was like, all right, sequel, Paramount, sequel, nothing, nothing, nothing yet. Now I'm kind of wondering if they do announce a sequel, is it going to be after the box office run? As soon as it leaves theaters, goes on Paramount Plus, then are we going to get the announcement? That's what I'm kind of wondering. And you better believe, you better believe because it's fucking Hollywood in these studios. They are thinking about it, but it's up to the man himself. It's up to Tom Cruise himself if he wants to do it. If he doesn't want to do it, you got nothing. But then it also asks the question, too, because there is Paramount Plus. Do you do a series that doesn't have anything to do with Maverick? It just has to do with the Top Gun training school. Do you have a series? Because obviously you could have a series that has to do with young young pilots going into the Top Gun school. You could easily have something right there. Sure. But yeah, I just don't know. I don't know. Talk to me, Goose. Yeah, right? Yeah, so I don't know. What are you guys thinking? Goose ghost balls. <sighs> Hot Shots Part 2. No, I, yeah. See, they missed a mark on that. They should have realized... Um, you know, everybody, cause I think they're all still alive. They should have realized that Top Gun Maverick was going to be do gangbusters. They should have already had greenlit a hot shots part through whatever part tre. They should have had another hot shots come out, get Charlie Sheen back, get some of those guys back. And they could, uh, they could have even capitalized on that and had a good old spoof movie. Because spoof movies are few and far between now because it seems like nowadays people are too scared to do spoof movies because they're going to offend somebody. Not going to be politically correct. There hasn't been a good spoof movie since, I don't know, what's the last good spoof movie? I don't know. Uh, not the, uh, the epic movie or whatever. I mean, I guess, I mean, uh, the one that spoofed Spider-Man wasn't bad. I, I laughed a lot on that. Scary movies. The first two scary movies were good, and then it started losing. I liked Scary Movie 3, though. That's when they brought in Charlie Sheen. Scary Movie 4 wasn't good. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of, yeah, when it comes to this, that's a lost genre. Somebody needs to reinvigorate the uh, the spoof movie genre. And they could have really, they could have done it with, you know, they could have been, you know, bring back Hot Shots, you know, bring back all those guys. But then again, you know, you know, Charlie Sheen's reputation, maybe. I don't know. Superhero movie. That's what, yeah. It's not too bad. Uh, Hot Shots. Yeah, part doo-doo. Doo-doo. Yeah, that just writes itself right there. Tops and Guns. I like that. Robin Hood Men in Tights. That was a good one. Yes. They can't. They might offend people. That's what I was just saying right now, Daniel. Yeah. Beavis and Butthead are coming back. Yeah, I know. Looking forward to that. 
you know, apparently that's going to probably offend people. Beavis and Butthead has always offended people. That's what's so great. That's why you can bring Beavis and Butthead back because they've always offended people. Mike Judge has been offending people since he started. Okay. Watch Idiocracy. You know, part, you watch Idiocracy, you're going, is this a documentary? <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's crazy. I haven't seen that movie in a bit, but yeah. But anyway, so that's just, it's just crazy. It's just crazy that, I mean, and, and I'm wondering if this, I, I think this movie has potential to get to a billion, 1.5 billion. There's a possibility. I don't know. Is it going to make 500 more million? That's always a possibility. Like I said, we only have the Minions prequel that's coming out this weekend. I don't know how well it's going to do. It doesn't seem like there's a lot of hype for that either. So, and then of course the following weekend is Thor and that's going to blow up the box office that we know. So, yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens this weekend. Um, it's going to probably, it's got to get to 1.1, 1.2 billion. I'm guessing. I don't know, but I just love it because no matter what your background is and everything, or no matter what you feel about whatever the fuck, it's just this was just a good old-fashioned movie, and it wasn't like it was anything fresh and newer. And see, that's the thing. There needs to be there needs to be a filmmaker that comes out, that comes out with a fresh idea. And I think the last time this happened was James Cameron was something that was not based on any kind of source material. It was a fresh new idea, and it was like, even though, you know, you could co compare it to Fern Gully or fucking Dances with Wolves, I get that shit, but at the same time, it was still a pretty fresh idea, and he created a movie experience, and people just kept coming back, coming back, coming back, and that was like an original movie, and then, even you know, that was, that made, you know, well, made $2 billion. That's the thing. So, like, if you're going to make, like, you're going to go in the billions, you really got to create, like, an experience. And Top Gun Maverick was a fucking experience. You felt, you felt the G-forces, man. Again, if it was just on a soundstage, green screens, VFX, and whatever, and I'm sure there's some VFX in there, but you don't notice them because they're very subtle, it wouldn't have, it wouldn't have had this impact. All right. So there's my little spiel about Top Gun Maverick. <sighs> Take a breath. All right. Let's see. Joey rented a theater for Minions. I knew it. He's a Minions fan, isn't he? I knew it. And then speaking of an experience, Harley Quinn. All right. Let's talk about this trailer. Hopefully you guys saw the uh, season three trailer of Harley Quinn. It looks batshit crazy, of course. Let's go ahead and check it out. I've already watched it. I'm sure you guys have watched it. And, uh, well, just in case you haven't, here it is. What is it with you and like bags of people? Surprise! Harley, she's Amanda head Waller of the shows Suicide up. Squad. You never returned my email. Why are you stirring up drama right now? This is not drama, okay? What's she gonna do? She's wearing a pencil skirt. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Harley and Ivy are back. Let the eat bang kill tour begin. Oh, cool. What do they call it? Harl Ivy? Doing a ton of banging. And I'm it's so fun and then raunchy and then a little scary. Firefly, Joker, all the time. Oh, that's terrifying! Sweater. Oh my god! Swamp Thing shows up. It's not worth it. Oh, and uh, Batman and Thief Guy? Court of Owls! Just a big orchid. Please, James Gunn! And then we have James Gunn. 
I know some people aren't happy about that. You are gonna cream when you hear this plan. It would make Lex Luthor shit his pants. And that man does not shit his pants for anything. There you go. What are we feeling, huh? Yes? Good? That's right. Oh, what was that? I don't know. Did somebody uh, send up a super chat or something like that? Or was that a subscription? I don't know. I heard the little ding, but I don't have my screen up right now. But uh, thank you to whoever that was. But yeah, James Gunn literally makes a freaking look at that. We're going to have James Gunn sitting on Clayface as a chair. Which is uh, very raunchy, but yes, there he is right there. No beard, just a white hair, though. But yeah, James Gunn makes an appearance, and I know some people didn't like that. And I'm just like going, what? it's always funny when you see the people that don't like that shit. It's like, hey, this is season three. We already know what Harley Quinn is all about right here. But um, I think, it, yeah, it was a new sub. Um, yeah, but I think it looks great. I think it looks great. I've enjoyed the Harley Quinn series, and anybody who's like, uh, you know, get getting all huffy puffy about it. It's like, okay, again, season three, we already know it makes fun of everybody. See what I like about the Harley Quinn show. When the superheroes show up, they make fun of them. It makes fun of every little thing. It makes fun of the movies. It makes fun of the, just the characters in general. That's what's so great about it. And, uh, you know, Kaylee Cuoco as uh, as the voice of Harley Quinn is perfect. You know, it works. And of course, we're going to have the relationship between Poison Ivy and Harley Quinn, which is also great, too. There's no agenda. Don't worry. I mean, let's face it. Harley Quinn. Yeah, we are. We all kind of thought that she went both ways. That's let's face facts. And we all kind of wondered about her and Poison Ivy all the way back to the animated series when they there's literally an episode where they have, you know, where they hang out. There's a day of like Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy. It's always been like that. So but. Um, I can't wait for it, and I can't wait to, uh, I mean, there's actually been some shots, too, of actually Batman without the cowl on. You actually see Bruce Wayne, more Bruce Wayne, and then, uh, of course, more Robin interaction, too. And uh, one of the funniest things about Harley Quinn, the Harley Quinn show is, uh, is also uh, Commissioner Gordon, which is um, voiced by, what's his name? The dude from, obviously, played, uh, what's his name? Colonel in uh, Man of Steel, Mr. What, Maroney? Mahoney? Mahoney? Somebody tell me who that, who voices him. I'm totally uh, forgetting. Uh, obviously, he was in Law and Order Special Victims Unit, but you know. But those episodes that have like Commissioner Gordon as like this fucking burnt out cop, with, like drunk and everything, it's so great. Um, but yeah, man, uh, I think the trailer looks great. It's going to be another great season, and the fact that James Gunn is in there, I would just, it would just be kind of cool if. Uh, Zack Snyder somehow if they like got Zack Snyder in there at one point that would be because then they have I think last season last season they had Tim Burton show up they had Tim Burton show up in last season so it would be kind of cool man what if Zack Snyder ends up showing up in another season or maybe he will show up in this season who knows but uh but then of course they're talking about you know the whole like canon thing you know about remember there was like the whole huffy puffy thing that happened with Warner Brothers they said like oh yeah we can't have Batman go down on Catwoman. And then Zack Snyder was like, fuck that. Had somebody draw up that and said, canon. Well, I think they're going to actually touch a little basis on that. I mean, obviously we saw, it seems like Batman's a feet guy. <laughs> what is this directed by Quentin Tarantino? Possibly. Um, maybe we'll have Quentin Tarantino in this season too. But yeah, I think they're, yeah. Christopher Maloney. That's what his name is. Thank you. 
he voices uh, Commissioner Gordon. But uh, but I think they're going to touch bases on that whole controversy about Batman going down on Catwoman. So that's going to be absolutely fantastic, too. Cannot wait. We'll catch up on it. Catch up on Harley Quinn. All right, Obi-Wan Kenobi. All right, we've talked a lot about Obi-Wan Kenobi. Obviously, the season finale was last week, and the season, the last two episodes, in my eyes, were the best ones. And uh, we had some good stuff. And my whole thing about Obi-Wan Kenobi, uh, which you guys know, is, you know, me and Scott pretty much had a similar thing where it was like, yeah, hit, there's a lot of hit and miss when it comes to the series. But those last two episodes were absolutely fantastic. And that one scene between Obi-Wan and, uh, and uh, Darth Anakin, you know, that was uh, the strongest scene of the whole thing. But apparently, uh, we have a new article right here. So apparently, you know what fucked up Obi-Wan Kenobi becoming a film and becoming a trilogy of films? Solo. Yeah, apparently that's what happened. <laughs> Obi-Wan Kenobi film trilogy plan got derailed by bad solo box office, says devastated screenwriter. This just shows you right here, the fucking suits. You know, you have you have you have a bunch of freaking. I mean, you're, you're you're basically you're you're constantly winning when it comes to the box office, constantly winning, and then you try something, you do a solo movie, Han Solo prequel movie, it doesn't do well, and then all of a sudden they just start going, they start panicking. This is what happens with fucking movie studios, which sucks. Uh, had Solo, a Star Wars story, not disappointed at the box office in 2018, then Obi-Wan Kenobi might have been a full-fledged movie trilogy instead of a six-episode Disney Plus limited series. Screenwriter Stuart Beatty, Betty, has story by and or written credits on multiple Obi-Wan episodes, but he recently told the direct that he had no involvement with the Disney Plus series. Beatty's credit carried over from his work drafting the first movie in an, an intended Obi-Wan trilogy. And here's his quote right here. I wrote the film that they based the show on. I spent like a year, year and a half working on it. And then when the decision was made not to make any more spinoff films after Solo came out, I left the project and went on to other things. Joby Harold came on and took my scripts and turned it into uh, in from a uh, two hours into six. So I did not work with them at all. I just got credit for the episodes because I was it was all my stuff. Yeah, he doesn't sound too happy. And then it says right here, BD said that the original Obi-Wan pitch to Lucasfilm was three stories because there's three different evolutions that the character has to make in order to go from Obi-Wan to Ben in New Hope. The first one was the first movie, which was the show, which was surrender to the will of the force, transport your will, surrender your will, leave the kid alone. The second movie was thinking about where Kenobi ends up. And one of the most powerful and probably the most powerful moment in all of the Obi-Wan's story is that the moment where he sacrifices himself in A New Hope. Great moment, you know, makes you cry. But if you stop and think about it, it's a pretty sudden thing to just go to just kind of go be fighting a guy and see Luke and go, I'm going to die. You know, that to me, that required forethought. The required pre-acceptance that this was going to happen. BD's second Obi-Wan Obi 
film would follow the character coming to terms with his own, um, uh, um, you know, his own life, mortality, thus giving more clarity to his new hope sacrifice. The film would get him to the point where Obi-Wan has accepted the idea that he's going to die and that he's going to die willingly at a crucial moment. Obi-Wan movie, uh, the second Obi-Wan movie never moved into development as BD was still working away on the first film when the studio pulled the plug because of Solo. I really hope we do another, McGregor has said. So kind of makes you wonder that they were planning on doing a trilogy and what we saw was essentially, and we even talked about this. We talked about this on the last vodka stream, how it felt like they took a story and they tried to stretch it out as much as possible into six episodes, essentially a little less than six hours, probably around more five, four and a half, whatever the hell. It kind of makes you wonder like, okay, so if we're going to do a little bit more, which they can do, they could do a season two. Just don't do any Skywalker stuff, no Vader stuff. Maybe you can have a hint of it. I don't know, but just don't do it. There's so much that they can do when it comes to Obi-Wan Kenobi continuing. Just leave Luke and Leia where they are. That story is wrapped up. Vader, pretty wrapped up too. But there's still some story they could tell when it comes to Obi-Wan Kenobi getting to where he is. I like what he had to say because, yeah, when Obi-Wan is fighting Vader in New Hope and he sees basically Luke and Leia... And just kind of goes, you know what? Yeah. Strike me down, bitch. You'll see what happens. And he did. And that's what happened. And he helped, you know, of course, um, Luke, you know, shoot the little torpedoes in the hole. Yeah. So kind of makes you wonder, are they going to, like, take any of the ideas that were that were had for a possible season two, possible season three? I don't know. But... They got it. You know, the problem with Lucasfilm is they had one movie that wasn't that bad. They had one movie that didn't do that well. They were going to do the spinoff anthology shit. And the first one was like up, up. It didn't quite hit the mark. And then they just dropped everything. They just fucking dropped it. They got scared because they had win after win after win after win. Even though like people might have griped about what they saw. It's still, it was like money, 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 money. Oh, shit. Not so much money. Time to stop and just redo everything. They panicked. They panicked. So instead of getting an Obi-Wan Kenobi trilogy, which I think would have been pretty damn fantastic, we got at least one season <laughs> of Obi-Wan Kenobi, which felt a little cheap at times. Felt a little cheap. Some of the scenes, you're kind of going, yeah. What the hell? Like, where's don't they have a lot of money they could spend on this? You know, we've talked about that, that sometimes there's things that just that get a little wonky. But uh, there you go. Fucking movie studios. Right. They always panic. They always just panic. It's ridiculous, but I don't know. I hope they do a season two and that has nothing to do with Skywalkers or Vader's or anything like that. There's so much else they could do. And we love Ewan McGregor so much. He's such a great Obi-Wan. We just love the guy. He's so likable. Just everything. It's just great. It's absolutely great. Now, finally, a franchise near and dear to my heart, of course, Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters Afterlife. We now have uh an official release date for the sequel 
another sequel, the sequel to Ghostbusters Afterlife, essentially. Right here, Sony dates Ghostbusters sequel for 2023, the Ghostbusters sequel to Ghostbusters Afterlife that Sony teased at CinemaCon. Yes, Firehouse. In a sizzle reel in which director Jason Reitman and writer Gil uh, Kennan confirmed on Ghostbusters Day, June 8th, is getting a theatrical release of Wednesday, December 20th. That's right. No Avatar. It's not going up against Avatar. We're fine. As hinted at the end credits of uh, Afterlife, the next chapter will return the original films, New York City to New York City and the Firehouse setting. So there you go. So Ghostbusters fans, let's get together. Let's get in our jumpsuits, get our proton packs back on, and let's go see that shit for uh, Christmas of next year. Yeah, it's a long ways away, but I love the fact that Yes, the way that that ended. And it kind of makes you wonder. I mean, I'm hoping that Dan Aykroyd and Bill Murray come back. What I always wanted for a Ghostbusters sequel is for them to be teaching a new team, a new team, how to ghost bust. That's what I've always wanted. I always wanted those guys, the veteran guys. And uh, hopefully those two come back. Definitely, we already know that Ernie Hudson is going to be coming back. He was there at Ghostbusters Day talking about it. We know that Ernie Hudson 100% is coming back because Winston is now a very wealthy man of what he's done. You know, he was just like that everyday man, which was so great. You could relate. When you watch that original Ghostbusters movie, Everybody related to Winston because he was just the guy, man off the street, looking for a job. That's it. The other three were just smart motherfuckers. Maybe some people were related to them, sure. But Winston was the guy that we related to the most because he just wanted a paycheck. And now he's bringing the whole thing back. He bought the firehouse at the end. I can't wait. Let's see what happens with it. Of course, they're going to be bringing back probably Paul Rudd and and uh, what's her name? Miss McKenna, those guys. And uh, what's his What's his nuts from uh, Stranger Things? Finn, he's probably coming back too, but we'll see. Maybe they won't. Maybe it'll just be Winston teaching like a, an older group. I don't know. We'll see what happens, but I'm excited. And hopefully you Ghostbusters fans are excited too because I want to see this franchise continue. I know we're getting some animated stuff and all that stuff, but uh, the little boy inside me. Of course, that's what I'll be dressing up next next year. Okay, I'll be dressing up as... Uh, uh, while you guys are dressing up like Barbie and Ken, I'll be dressing up as Ghostbuster. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. I did that many times as a kid. Just ask Mama Film Junkie. How many times did I dress up as a uh, Ghostbuster? A lot of times. All right. Let's get to the Twitter questions. Let's see what we got here. All right. Uh, we got Jose right here. Or Jay as he goes by on Twitter. Uh, not sure what's funnier, the display, or that they expect people to pay $44 for Captain Marvel. What? Scorsese recommends? Oh, is this? Oh, this is hilarious. Okay, so they put all the Marvel films right here because he's, you know, kind of talks shit about the Marvel films. But, yeah, that's pretty expensive right there. Holy shit. Inflation is that bad? $44 for Captain Marvel and Guardians of the Galaxy? That is insane. But I do like... I do like what they did right here. That is pretty funny. I do I do like that. Scorsese recommends. But that seems a little steep. But then again, I mean, I guess if it's like a 4K, but still, $44. Holy shit. Black, it's not even as... Black Panther's 39 Crazy. Absolutely crazy. Tet. Hey, Dave. I'm sure you've heard about the Taka Star Wars project, but have you noticed every time Kathleen Kennedy talks about it, Taka says he hasn't even started writing the script? 
No, he says he's going over ideas. I thought he said he was like writing the script. He's uh, I thought he said he was quoted on saying that, you know, he didn't want to like connect it with like existing stuff. Maybe he was just maybe he's just outlining it. So I don't know. Do you think it'll ever come out or will it be another rogue squadron? Oh, how dare you, sir? Ooh, yeah, we're all kind of wondering about what's happening with Rogue Squadron. Anybody talk to Patty Jenkins anytime recently? I don't know. Uh, Mr. Eric Blake. Yo, Dave, so what do you see most likely to be the focus of Obi-Wan in Season 2? Well, I like what Mr. Beatty had to say about uh, what they wanted to do and him trying to, like, you know, the forethought of him sacrificing himself eventually. Um, I, I just want him to do more stuff, I guess, connect it more to the animated stuff, connect it more to Clone Wars, connect it more. I don't know. You have Ahsoka that's going to be there. You can have some things with her. I don't know. They could do like a lot when it comes to just him just just getting back to the whole Jedi, the Jedi way. But yeah, we got to leave. Got to leave. Or most. Uh, let's see. Think uh, it'll be centered on Kenobi and little Luke's dynamic. No, no, not like season one. No, 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 no. Don't do that. I, I don't think they should. Or most uh, mostly Kenobi learning from Ghost Qui-Gon, maybe with lots of flashbacks. That could be kind of interesting, too. They could do something with that. Like, show you know what? Show a little origin story. Show fucking little Obi-Wan, okay? We saw a little, you know, we saw Baby Yoda, which, of course, is not actually Baby Yoda. You know, it's, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, totally drawing, drawing a blank right now. But And we saw little Leia. We saw little Luke. Let's see little Obi-Wan. Let's see his origin story. You could do that too. Show him. And then show Qui-Gon getting a hold of him or something like that. We all know that Liam Neeson's coming back. They could do some shit with that. Show some flashbacks with that. But, you know, just leave the Skywalker stuff away. Grogu, sorry. There we go. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I was like, ugh. I almost said, some, I almost said uh, Gizmo because he looks like Gizmo. I'm just kidding. I didn't think that. Uh, Ryan saw this, uh, over the weekend. Not sure if you've seen it before. I dig it. Well, that is pretty damn cool right there. That is amazing. Meg, if you're still out there, the com- the comic book store you work at, do you have one of these? Is this from, I wonder if this is, uh, cause I have a, I have a couple other statues. I think this might be the same company that did these statues, but this looks fucking amazing right here. Must have. Anybody has a link for this? Please send it to me. That looks amazing. No, no Patreon this weekend. No Patreon this weekend, Eric. It's the 4th of July weekend. Relax. Probably the next weekend. Um, Ronak, look, I found uh, that teaser for the new Spider-Man movie. Well, it's like him and Shaggy. New tricks. Good one, Shaggy. In. That's pretty funny. I don't know what that is. All right. C.K. Cooper Knox. As somebody who works in the movie theater industry, I can concur that Top Gun Maverick is still bringing people into the seats. Yes. It just has those freaking legs, man. People just can't get enough of it. Uh, Carrie. Hey, Dave. Grace said that Comic-Con was dead, and there are people that don't like uh, San Diego Comic-Con and are mad that it's back. My reaction is, what the fuck? Any guesses on why she would say that? Um, she's probably in the group that still is afraid to be around big groups. That's the thing. The past two years have scared people. Maybe she's one of those people still. I don't know. 
Like I said, there's a lot, you know, there's a lot of fear mongering that still happens out there when it comes to the media and whatnot. And two years of just doomsday, doomsday, doomsday and still trying to continue. That's probably why she thought that. And maybe she's one of those that really was like she locked herself in and she goes out and she's like afraid that she's going to catch something or something like that. That's probably why she thinks that. And she thought like, oh, yeah, it's dead. It's that. But we'll see what happens. I mean, it's next month. I thought about going, but I'm not going to go because I think um, when I choose to go, maybe it'll be next year. I need to have things like ready to go, like somebody that's at home where I could go, hey, here's a video of something. Can you upload it? Uh, Hey, um, other people, it'd be cool if like, you know, some of the group. I know at one point when it came to um, the last Comic-Con, I think like a lot of people that I know that I've, you know, been on the stream, people that, you know, acquaintances like like Garza said he was going to go. I think Meg says she was going to go. A lot of people were saying that they were going to go um, that I knew. And I thought, cool. But it seems like that's not that wasn't like the case this year. So I wasn't really going. Eh. And then at the same time, I need to have somebody back that's like at home. If I'm doing a video and reporting something, I might need some help at like, hey, can you do this? Can you do that? So. Sadly, I'm not going this year, but one of these years I'm going to go. But uh, we'll see what it's like. We'll see what the, uh, you know, how many people show up. But, I yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't agree with, uh, I don't agree with that. I think it's just, you know, I think people are still just not comfortable with going into big groups still. And that's what she was thinking about. And maybe she's one of those people. I don't know. But I think there's still going to be quite a few people that show up. And I think it's going to be okay and still going to be a, a pretty good turnout. I don't think it's going to be as big as it once was. Um, I know Marvel is going to have a big presentation. DC, not so much, sadly, because DC is kind of a mess right now. Um, but DC fandom, hopefully, that'll be something. Who knows? But uh, we'll see. We shall see. All right, guys. That's all we got for Film Junkie Live today. Make sure you smash that like thumbs up before you leave. Thank you guys for spending some time with me. Um, make sure you subscribe to the channel. Hit that notification bell so you know when I'm doing this stuff. Of course, you got all the links that are around me down below. The Sock Meds, the Patreon if you want to help out the pirate ship. Join if you want to join. Become a member. Do all that stuff. And uh, yeah, guys. It's been fun as per usual. Got the need. Got the need for weed what why hasn't anybody even said that before is there a weed strain called that the need for weed man did i just come up with something right now possibly i don't know anyways the need for speed because that sounds like something else anyways all right guys i don't know where i'm going with this but that's just where i'm going right now all right love you i'll see you guys tomorrow same junkie time same junkie channel all right talk to you later